GPS, powered by SET. Today we welcome to Radio Primavera Sound Gerald Simpson, better known as a guy called Gerald, one of the most important features uh, figures in British dance music history, um, a man who wrote at least two eternal house music classics and then helped to create Jungle. Gerald, how are you doing? Oh, not bad, thank you. I'm all right, <laughs> pretty chilled out. Nice day. You look day. pretty chilled. You look pretty chilled. <laughs> so, so we're talking. Um, because of Trip City, which is uh, Trevor Miller's book that you wrote the soundtrack to, or an EP that accompanies it, certainly. How did that come about? Um, well, it was kind of like back in the day, like when everything was kind of, I'll try this, I'll try that. <laughs> and um, like studio-wise, I, I mean, like, I'd do anything to get in the studio, it was any excuse. and. Um, I was at first. I wasn't really taking it like as seriously as like um, I thought. It, you know, like I knew it was going to be. But like uh, when they kind of mentioned it was like about like the club club life and what you know, like it was like a fictional character, but it was kind of based loosely on what was kind of happening in the kind of dark catacombs of like the London clubbing scene. It's like. Sounds interesting, you know what I mean? Sounds like something I could kind of relate to what was going on in certain parts of Manchester at the time. And uh, yeah, the music was kind of loosely based around what I felt like in, in Manchester back then. So that was. No, sorry, go on. Go on. Yeah, that was basic. That was what um, I wanted to, to express. And at that time, I don't know, we were like, it was sending feelers out into different formats and, you know, I mean, I, I was definitely feeling like a music stroke visual thing happened, you know, that, but it was even before that, you know, it was like, there was no real kind of, well, there was like, say like kind of really no real dance music at that time, apart from like, you know, there was, well, it wasn't really video dance music with videos or anything, so it was a nice kind of way to kind of show I mean, music with interaction of something else. So, like the, the actual the book kind of helped to to, to create like a visual or like a visualization of what um, the club scene was kind of changing into or going through at the time. Had you read the book when you made the music, or did you just? Um, no, no. The, actually, the, the the it only existed in like um, like a, a rough form at that time. So I was I was reading like what I had. Like I mean, he sent like me this manuscript thing, and like basically, so I, I kind of would scan through that and find like, oh yeah, this part here was like about Valentine, so like I would have to kind of create like a really kind of not gangstery but like uh, a kind of it was like the soundtrack you know what I mean so I had to kind of create like a soundtrack of, or a theme tune for this person and uh, the whole Trip City thing kind of came from from that too the, the, the actual tune Trip City soon and it was like um, this kind of like made up drug thing called FX. And that was basically, yeah, you know, I had to kind of create like a, I mean, at, at first I wanted to do something a little, a little bit more kind of trippy, you know what I mean? But, you know, it was very limited to what gear I was using at the time. And uh, it was, I mean, I wanted something more delays and echoes and whatever, but you know, but like, you know, the name FX, you know, and like, it was just like, cool. I'm just, at the time, like a sampler was like a big deal, you know? So 
I kind of used like the, the sample to create like a like this vibe, but you know, it was supposed to be like a trippy vibe. Well, FX is one of the most interesting songs because I heard FX the song before before I read the book, and it it was quite a strange song. Like it seemed sort of slightly disjointed, and it had what sounds like samples from like some really well known rave tunes. And I was. Well, if you look at the date of the, uh, if you look at the date of the when it was made, it was made before the well-known rave tunes. Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah, uh, I, they I, kind I, of came afterwards. That's amazing. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> Which but, kind of, it was like you know, it was kind of like a the the, the thing like samples at that time were like kind of very limited and like really. So I, I wasn't surprised that somebody else was going to be using it again, actually. But like in exactly the same similar or similar way, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was like a little bit before the the kind of black box thing, and a little bit before I think Moby used similar yeah. samples too. Uh, what, so. what did you think when you heard the Moby tune? Because that was a big, big tune. Did you think? I could have maybe used that sample a bit more or something. Um, no, I kind of, yeah, I was, I was, I think by, by the time I heard the Moby thing, I was, I was already moving on. To, you know, I was more into kind of creating like break beats and stuff. So I, I but um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was interesting though. It was, uh, interesting that you know it made me open my ears up to more more of what you could do with like the sounds and stuff you know so yeah i mean uh, if i could have gone back in time i would have not used any of that stuff and just used more synths but like because the sampler was a big deal <laughs> i kind of went with the sampler thing <laughs> is fx like an attempt to basically recreate the what it feels like to be on FX, this this designer drug. Because that's yeah. what I got. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, basically, like, I, I wanted, you know, I was thinking that it would be kind of like a, a something that would create, like, a, a staggered kind of effect, like a, you know, and would, you know, you would be, you know, be full of, you know, some kind of weird energy that, I don't know, would, you know, make you, like, how you know things would speed up for you and and all this kind of stuff you know i mean i i had my own visions of what i, I mean i you know i didn't know obviously no one's really taken like effects so <laughs> it was like how would you know you know what to what to, so that was my kind of like painting like sonic painting of what the drug would have been i suppose <laughs> Uh, no, I think it works really, really well, really well. With, I mean, by itself, and it works really well with the book. Um, so you uh, did you think about people listening to this music while while they read the book, or did you think of it as you know you'd read the book, then listen to the music, and they'd sort of be complementary? Um, I actually thought of them listening to the music meanwhile they're reading the book. I mean, like it was. For me, that, that's kind of how, how I envisioned it, like being like a, a kind of, what do you call it? Like a interactive experience, you know, like but pre, pre-internet, you know, but like, you know, it was like something where you would, you know, it was no, there was actually, there was no DVDs, there was nothing. I mean, we had video tape, <laughs> but yeah, it was basically, was uh, for me, it was like, oh, you know, you'd be able to read the the book, and like the book was kind of like in almost like four four time. It was like you know there would be a, a sentence, and then it'd be like it's like stop, 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 and like I was like, if I could get a rhythm out of that to go with like you know the the music. So like, like if you read along with the music, you would basically get. Um, like an idea of how it was written, you know. I mean, or you know, almost like the the music would be like a a timing ruler for you to, you know, 
you to read, but I, I don't know. It was loosely, loosely on that. You know what I mean? I was, I was more kind of interested in the content of what was going on than than that. But like that, when when I actually kind of because I've never seen anything written like that before, so that actually yeah, it was that was something that struck me about how it was written. The, the Trip City soundtrack was released as a cassette, right, with the book. Um, and there was also uh, a 12 inch or a couple of 12 inches with, with tracks off it. But um, we like, I can't work out, was it, was it quite widely, did a lot of people have a copy at the time or was it, was it quite rare or? Um, I, I just remember when they released it, um, I didn't hear of it or see of it for a while, maybe like about seven or eight years or even. You know, it was just like, okay, well, that's done kind of thing. And I'd kind of, you know, I'd basically moved into doing my own thing and like my, you know, my main kind of course of work was like mainly doing break beats and like jungle and stuff like that. So it kind of, you know, I was always looking for new ways of doing stuff and, you know, like the CD burning thing kind of came out just in the middle of cutting plates. And I was in uh, like, wow, I can do this and do you know, and my, my head went straight in. You know, I was like writing at the computers, didn't really. Uh, so, but it was just like late, later on. And, and um, I think I was at Eastern Block in, in Manchester. And I asked him um, about it. And he went, oh, yeah, we've got a few copies down in the basement. And I went and they had like, I don't know, they must have bought like a load of them. And they had like a box full of like this Strip City. And I was like, wow. So, Maybe they didn't really sell like, you know, they they thought they were going to do. And like, you know, I think because like the, the thing is cassette, I think maybe put people off. They, you know, people were kind of, you know, like, you know, going towards, it was like the CD thing, you know, like, and like, so if it would have been on a CD, it probably would have, they would have been able to sell more of them because the cassette format was kind of going out of date, but like now it's, I mean, like if they were going to sell that in that format today, you know, they would have got rid of loads of them because it was a nice package, you know, like the book and the, it was all in a thing. You know, like people are into the cassettes now. And the, the, the reason I ask that is because I think, I mean, it's all really good, but Trip City, I think particularly for me is one of the best things you, you've ever done. I think that's an amazing song. And, um, yeah, I, I just think it's interesting that it, it was, you know, it was released on a cassette and, and you know, I didn't hear it for, you know, I hadn't heard it till today. It's, it's great to hear it. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, it was strange times and all because I, I, I was, um, I had all sorts of different things I was kind of running around doing and, and lost contact with, like, different people and, and stuff and, you know, it was, yeah, it was, it was a hard kind of time to connect with. I mean, I was, my main thing was mainly studios, you know. I mainly wanted to kind of work in the studio and, like, my, my thing was to try and push this music on and, like, you know, I was excited more about the music than, than like, the, the kind of commercial success or whatever, you know, and... That kind of, I suppose that did a lot of people in at the time. I was like, you know, wanting to, you know, I was excited, really excited about where the technology was going with the music and like how we was able to sample beats and then like edit and cut and transfer it into a totally different thing. And, you know, I suppose I spent a lot of energy in, in that rather than looking at how you would go for the latest, the next hit record. And then, I, and also, I, I noticed in the, yeah, the industry, uh, music industry-wise, I saw a few holes in what was happening, and, you know, and it was just, it was just pre the MP3 thing, but you could see it happening because, like, people were beginning to be able to record at home, which was a big deal. And then you could see the emergence of like um, like digital recording, 
like at a cheaper rate and stuff like that. And like all these things, you know, I mean, I was looking at all this stuff like, wow, you know, like, and then, the, you know, it was just on the cards what was going to happen uh, with the music. And it was, I mean, for me, like being in the music industry at the lower end of it, like, you know, more like the DIY, it was, it was basically, it was, it was a celebration that, that the whole Napster thing happened because at the same time, I had like a load of problems with like, like high-end music industry people. And, you know, it was, you know, it was great to see them having to cut their ponytails off. <laughs> but you, you also had a label though. Was it not a bit harsh, you know? No, not at all. Because like, I, I mean, like basically it took me ages to get this label thing together. And like, I was, I mean, more or less, I was, I, I was wanting my music to be heard more than anything. And like the actual system of this thing, um, the nature of it made it possible so that that music could be everywhere, you know, at the same time, you know. And that for me was more, I mean, like if, if I was ever treated like even 30% right by the music industry, then maybe I would have been pissed off. I would have been like, oh, you're affecting my sales. But like, if you never had any sales, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> then it was like, well, you know, wow. Like, what's the next best thing to like, you know, having your music is like having your music out there for other people. You know, if you're earning exactly the same, nothing, you know, <laughs> at least like if you, if you had enough to basically to compensate like the, the manufacturing so you could, you know, spread the word. And at the time, you know, it was like the word needed kind of spreading, you know, especially because it was like a new kind of genre of music and stuff. So it was it was nice that to, to see that that image kind of emerge and and yeah and it kind of stuck it to the man you know because like yeah. I was basically I mean I I'd had enough of of these like major record labels and you know I guess they had enough of people like me too. <laughs> but it it feels a bit like and I might be wrong but like back in nineteen eighty nine you know, when, when this came out, the sort of music was kind of just flowing out of you. I'm not saying it was easy to make, because obviously it wasn't, but it just feels like there was so much inspiration. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, like, the, I mean, I was kind of glowing from, like, what was happening in, like, Chicago and Detroit. You know, I, I totally um, absorbed that, that energy. And, like, it, it, it felt like, you know, that... That's, that was the way forward for, for, for music, you know, like um, being able to like have your own kind of situation going on, you know, and being independent in a way, you know, I mean, even, even um, when I had actually signed to, to, to like a major, when I signed to, to like um, Sony, um, like CBS or whatever it is, you know, like I had my own imprint as Subscape, you know, like I, I didn't, I kind of, I, like the whole idea was that, you know, like it would be, um, the music is for a smaller kind of sector of, of, you know, more specialists, you know what I mean? Wasn't even looking at house music or whatever, uh, or as like a major uh, player in, in, in anything, you know what I mean? It was like, so, you know, I mean, I wasn't looking at taking it there. I was looking at looking at looking at it as basically making something that was for like these little pockets of communities. You know, and like you know, it was interesting because they were like hot houses, and like they were places where things developed without having to basically answer to anyone. You know, like or answer to anyone. You know, because I, I remember one incident where um, it was it was late, a bit later on where we started to, you know, well, the, the, the whole dub plate situation was happening from, from like day one with like reggae tunes and stuff. But like, um, like Jungle kind of like grew up in that kind of environment. 
And like one of the things was like pressing dubs for the DJs to play, you know, like specials. You know, that would that was how you kind of encouraged them to to pl play your music. Was you would give them like a one-away tune or a one-off mix of a certain tune or whatever. And I kind of because I was on a major, I wasn't able, I wasn't legally able to give them like masters of things that weren't recorded and I wanted you know that was one of the, the arguments I had with like this this um label you know with, with Sony kind of thing is like I basically where my music where I wanted it to be played was like in this environment in this club environment I wasn't really interested in like the chart thing because you know they never get really gave me any incentive to be <laughs> interested in that kind of thing and you know it, my music was totally different to that anyway you know my music came from like the club environment and it was basically based on the development of that environment um and yeah so i i uh yeah you know, i i kind of wanted sony to to give me the right to to give my you know music to like the you know the the jungle kind of fraternity, you know. I mean, I I wanted I wanted um, my music to be open to, to to that, not just them, but like basically, you know, the the people who I thought were like special DJs who were pushing things like the tastemakers and that, and like you know, they, you know, I'm sure they they did that on their level. You know, they gave promos to radio DJs and all this kind of thing, but like they just wouldn't agree. You know, they. They kept on quoting to me this thing in my contract saying that I wasn't allowed to give like stuff out. So um, in the end, like we, I don't know what happened, but like we kind of had to go our separate ways. And yeah, I was allowed to then give my music to people that I wanted to give it to. Um, yeah, the, yeah the, the whole kind of plate thing, like, you know, like totally helped. Like the the jungle situation, like you know, it helps with pirate radio stations, and pirate radio stations helps promo that you know. And it was nice to actually see the development of something like fresh and new from from the get go. You know, I mean, I, I I'd kind of seen like that from afar, like the, the acid house thing and the techno thing in in America, like from Detroit and from like New York and Chicago. But I'd actually never been in in something like that, and like being into that in in the jungle thing, it was like amazing to watch how it, it kind of grew and like you know, and I could see it firsthand how it you know it was growing, and I wasn't really interested in I suppose in the, the chart type things, you know. I mean, I found this more local, more moving more exciting you know what i mean like whereas the other thing was about how, how many kind of things you could sell before you could go on a tour and all this kind of thing and how much the tour was going to cost and i was like that's you know i'm i'm more studio than that you know what i mean i could go from studio to 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 club development you know what i mean I, I i was more in that level which was not as big as the tour thing but i had i i literally jumped off into tour, you know, like from from being like doing what I was doing in my bedroom to basically touring all over the world. And then like realizing, like looking at the little bits and pieces in that and thinking that is, you know, I could see what they tried to push me into. And, you know, you know they, I think, yeah, they were better off with like the, the kind of black boxes and all that kind of thing. <laughs> I wanted to ask. I want to ask about the jungle thing actually, because um, it's it sort of seems something that you you're known as one of the creators of of jungle. Maybe you're not like maybe not quite enough people know about that. But like tunes like 20, 28 Gun Bad Boy, which was in nineteen ninety two, which is insane. Like one of the first jungle records. How like, how did it come about? Were you like how did you arrive at that sort of sound? Were, were you sort of speaking to other people or did you sort of arrive at it independently or were you going out? How did, how did it happen? Um, that, it was experimenting again. Um, 
like uh, like I was hearing things with like um, speeded up break beats in, and I was like, wow, I was like I could be doing something like that too. You know what I mean? Instead of like basically trying to follow what like um, what was happening in America. You know, like it was like uh, something that was of where I where I grew up. You know, what I mean, the elements of, of, of these things were like where from where I grew up. So, um, yeah, I heard a few. I can't remember exactly the, the, the first thing I heard. I mean, but they they started to sample um, like um, some of the old school kind of hip hop breaks and. I thought, well, I think the first time I did something actually, it was I was playing a gig in um, might have been the Eclipse in Coventry, and like they, I'd basically I'd come off a tour, and I had like some kind of housey. It was kind of housey stuff, not so much. It was actually no breaks, just housey stuff. But I had elements of breaks with me. And um, basically I had a stack of like, um, like S900 or S950 samplers and S1000 samplers and an MPC60. That's what I actually used on, on, on kind of like on my tour kind of thing. So basically that's, that's what um, I used to bring to the gigs. And I remember I was at the Eclipse and I can't remember someone was playing before me, but like they, they played like a more like a really fast techie kind of set. And like, you know, I was, my set was going to be slower in a way. And I was like, bloody hell, it's going to take it down if I, you know, so basically meanwhile they were playing, I, I kind of sat like with my headphones on, on the drum machines, like reprogramming, like a lot of the stuff that I was doing. And I noticed that I, 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 I spun a break in there like it would like pick the, the the tempo of it up, you know. Like even though I was at the same tempo, I could like put like a faster the faster tempo, like what I'd heard on some some of these uh, earlier tracks, and then like and that's basically what I that was my kind of like in bringing into like jungle really. I, I basically started to use these breaks, and then like I saved everything, and then when I got back to the studio. I was just like, you know, you don't you don't really hear it in the club. And then when I got got it back to the studio, I started to play it. I was like, oh my god, yeah, that works. You know, it's like it was like the the kind of key to what what I I needed to where I needed to go to next. You know what I mean? I I mean like if I if you I think if you listen to the Twenty Eight Gun Bad Boy LP, there's there's bits on there where it's techie, and then you know I'm I'm kind of like there's some four four stuff, and then I'm missing out some of the beats, or I'm trying to, I'm trying to move the the, the beats on. You know what I mean? I, I suppose actually in on the Automatic album too, there's like you know the track to the other side. I was basically changing the four four, trying to you know I was trying to break out of that grid, and like um, uh, chopping up break beats was definitely a, a, a way to break out of that grid. And then once I did that. It was just like, wow, you know, I can take this anywhere, you know. I think it's insane that you did that before a gig at a club, that you were able yeah. to do that. That's amazing. Yeah, I was, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking that I was, because I was going to be playing on, on the dance floor. So I was literally at the side of the dance floor with my headphones on, like plugged into the, the line mixer, which was like going into my samplers. So I was like literally on the, dance floor with the, with the studio, my studio in a box at the time, which was the, the Akai's, you know what I mean? And yeah, so, it, but it was great because like, I've kind of like, developed from that system, even like today now, I'll, I'll go out and like, you know, a lot of people kind of, they don't really see it. They, they just see like, you know, Ableton or something if, you, if you've got a laptop. But I've, I, I have two laptops with me with two different studios on them. And like I'll I'll basically tune whatever I'm doing to to what is what I think that environment is. You know what I mean? I've kind of got that thing now where like after a few decades, 
Like it's like, you know, I, I, I need like to have like a raw open, like basically just like an open kitchen in, in the club <laughs> so I can cook something that's suitable. So it could go either way. Like you, you could, you know, if the club's sort of really, really heavy, you can make it really heavy. If, if kind of people yeah. listen to more funky things, you, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I've, I just have like elements, sound, sound fonts, and elements of bits and pieces that I can bring in, take out, and at any time, and then I have that times two, <laughs> like so I can mix from from like you know deck to deck. Meanwhile, one thing's kind of playing, and I'm, I'm playing around with it a little bit, and I'll leave it kind of rolling, and then I'll start making something else on the other side, and then you know it's a little bit. It's kind of like like studio mixing crossed with like the, the DJ in, in a way, you know, but um, you, yeah, you get a chance to make the tunes yourself instead of like, you know, I mean, I still, I, I was, I was like spinning some tunes like, like today actually and the other day, like I've not been doing it for ages. And it's like, you know, it's in a way it's, it's, it's really restrictive because you can't control what like hundred percent what is, it's gonna come out, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm like, wow, how do you know? Well, how do people... There's something on your Wikipedia. I don't know if you've had a, had a role in this, but it says instruments, and the first one is not a DJ, which I think was quite funny. Was that yeah, your... yeah, <laughs> I'm de- definitely not 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 a DJ. If a DJ is someone who who's playing like music and like you know, it's like jockeying like two tracks together. And like, you know what I mean? I'm definitely not doing that. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm actually writing stuff as, as it's going along or I'm, I'm using stuff that I'm basically mixing down like in a live situation. But it's not, I'm not um, basically pushing like things tempo wise. I mean, like, uh, what I noticed over the time is that like DJs tend to use tempo as a reference point um, because like tempo plays a great importance in like trying to mix two things together. Whereas for me, it's more like frequencies and like um, styles of maybe styles of programming or, you know, actually I don't have to deal with any like kind of tempo kind of moving things. You know what I mean? I can do that automatically. I mean, it's more like trying to create something that create that um, stems the or it creates a, a flow of energy in a way. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to make a, like a, like one track mix in with the other. You know what I mean? That's not a problem. All I have to do is take the baseline out on one and put the break <laughs> in on the other one, and, and then like put a few keys and strings in between. You know. But like, I, I, I get it. I mean, it's very, you know, I, what I, I am borrowing from DJ world, you know, but, and I suppose like if on the outside of it, it's just like, oh, that's just details. You just, you're just DJing. But then, you know, it's, it's totally, if you, if someone was to do it and I've not really seen anybody else doing it, to tell you no. the truth. And I've wanted, to try and bring some people in to have a go at doing it, but like they don't, I don't, I don't think they get it. As as I mean, like as a as a studio person, I want to bring the studio into the clubs, kind of thing. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of people where they their studio experiences or their studio environments are, are more kind of deep. DJ orientated anyway you know I've worked with a few people where you know like I'll get great pleasure out of creating like my own kind of beats from like single sound fonts like you know like choosing the right bass drums the right snares and and then programming them in a certain way whereas there's a lot of people that like that is too time consuming so they just basically grab a break beat or it's already made and they'll just plonk that in blocks you know and like they'll put they'll, they're, they're more like in blocks and moving stuff around because they come from like computer age where i'm pre that you know where you had to make things with 
drums, you know, to create your own, you know what I mean? So I, 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 I mean, I do get, get it where it's just, you know, grab the, the beat and just plonk it into place kind of thing. And like, you know, maybe they, they use EQs and filters, whereas I, I like to, in, you know, I, I like to see things in different disciplines. And like, I think the, the earlier one is, was like basically programming like the actual sounds into a break or like t taking like a break beat and chopping it into little bits and pieces and then recreating it into, you know, I like, I like, you know, like basically mushing stuff up and like, you know, like micro mix, mash, micro mix mashups. I suppose if it was going to use, if I use the words from today, like people would understand mashup and they understand micro mixing. So I, I like to do that, but like, um, so I will do that with the, the breakbeat and then I'll do that with like the melody and, you know, the bass, you know, all this stuff, you know, I, I'll try and use some of the old kind of systems like, you know, the, there was like uh, systems of like uh, manipulating envelopes. Like the envelope is like attack, decay, sustain and release. You would get in, like in the synth world and like, so I would try and use that within like the, the, um, the, the environment of, of like um, the track. Um, like nowadays, like, you know, you, you can, you can do that with the MIDI and like it will automate. Whereas like back in the day, you, you used to have to do that yourself, you know, like, um, uh, I, I like, um, I like, um, using like some of the old technology in the, in the new way and using like, you know, vice versa. Um, I use this program live called Reason which basically they use some of the old, it's a, it's a computer program, but they use like the old school technology, which was pre MIDI. It was CV and gate, control voltage and gate. And I suppose like now you've got like people doing the modular stuff. They, they, they started to use that system. Um, and like basically with this software, you can actually um, CV and gate a load of different things together. And like, so I, I'm into like plugging and yeah. chopping and changing and like maybe doing an happy accident every now and again where you, you put like a, a control voltage into somewhere where it wasn't used to be and it would create a whole new thing, you know, and, you know, and then working with like, the, basically I, I like going in on the, the, the whole kind of programming thing and like this program reason is like it's, I suppose there's, there's better things than that, but it's it's kind of like my my level using like um like an SSL desk, like you know CV and gate for like synthesizers, and like there's a, a system in there for chopping breaks and stuff like that. So it's got all the little pockets that I, I I used over the last three decades that you know makes things sound like me <laughs> well, i was gonna say do you think this is why like some of your music sounds so different i'm thinking i mean there's many examples but black secret technology from 1995 is a brilliant jungle record but for me it doesn't sound like any other jungle records it sounds like weird and psychedelic do you think that is because you you do this you you very much make your own sounds and and yeah idea? yeah definitely um i i, I like to swim in and out of different things and and i've and i've like one of the, the things that i i was doing uh, i think back then is like i would take the sounds that already exist you know because it was kind of i i guess what i i thought anyway or I, I still feel like you know like for like producers and stuff like that you want to show off to another producer like you know this is what i'll do with that sound you know like oh you use that sound I'll use that sound too, but check out what I've done with it kind of thing, you know what I mean? And you no, know, but you would have to like basically manipulate it in your own way. So you use maybe the same sound, but you would try and like use your own techniques for, you know, it's like, oh, take for instance, someone's like, oh, so you time stretch that beat. Okay, well, I'm gonna scrape that beat and like basically, then I'm gonna ghost it and I'm gonna do all these other different things, you know, and I'm gonna, 
get like a, a load of effects and put them and put it through them and record that and then totally tear it up. So you're not going to know exactly what I did with it because it was like so kind of ripped up and processed and like regenerated, and, you know, and it was, it was exciting doing that, you know, especially back in the days, because I think the producers, you know, like thinking of people like, um, like Mark and Diego and like um, Rob Playford, people like that, you know, they were really into that kind of, you know, you know, he, I could hear things in their sounds and I'd be like, oh, wow, really? I want to get in there and, and do, like, you know, do something else to it. But, yeah, as, as time's gone on, you know what I mean? It became about, um, you know, like, oh, this I made this track in two seconds, you know, and it's like, it was speed of use. And I, I think at one point I, I, um, I was in Berlin and I, um, I invited like some kind of younger kind of producer type people to the studio with their, you know, to see how they they worked kind of thing, especially with Ableton and stuff. And, and it's really nice and really interesting and really, you know, it was just in a different way, you know, and I, I kind of noticed that it was like real, really, they went for speed, you know, like where we, when we were doing something that I was, I would take, like the like the drums, I would separate the drums out, and I would like, if, you know, I'd be processing the, the 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 bass drum differently to the snare, and like trying to, you know, whereas you know, as I was saying earlier, they would grab a, like they would have all that stuff already in a block, and just go like bomb, and it was you know it was already there, and I'd be like, oh, I feel kind of like not cheating, but it was like it's not quite mine, you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. not like I wanted to make it like in. I wanted to make the actual space, you know what I mean? And not just have the space there, you know, like, so there, there's, there's the space already. You know, I, I wanted to, like, if I wanted to tweak the hi-hat in their loop, whatever, I couldn't do it because it's already, you know, in, in this container of like this block of whatever. And I was like, oh, I, want, I, want to, I want that thing to be able, especially if you can't really hear it, you know, I would do certain tricks to to pan something at a certain time, and like it, it could actually bring, make it into almost like a three D sound. So the, the sound would be here, and you know because it's moving around, it, somehow it would just appear. So your brain would it would trick your brain into thinking it was actually in in this space somewhere. And you, you know, you could do that with, especially the higher the frequency, the the easier to do that with, you know. And like, you know, so like the lower things, I would have like in the middle, and like have them really tight, and like you know, with like not so much reverb or whatever. And then like the higher things, I would, you know, depending on like its frequency, I would have like the, the speed of its movement, like kind of to create. So and it would just create this thing where things would be just hanging in space, you know, like sound wise. And, you know, like when you play it back, you're like, oh, wow, it sounds really clear because I can hear like all this stuff, you know, you know, you know, it's definitely there, but you can't tell how it's hanging in this, in these spaces. And I, I, and I kind of, I like that. I, I like, I mean, it works some, on some things. And, and I suppose like, it's more, it's not so much for a, a club, thing but like uh it's because like most clubs like it's a really hard surface so it's hard to kind of demonstrate like this a stereo field or whatever and like some places are actually even they just have like the system in mono you know <laughs> like so you, you know, but I, I and like that's what like um black secret technology was kind of like i was going for that you know like going for that kind of spatial you know what i mean like uh oh, yeah spatial awareness kind of thing more than anything i mean it's a brilliant brilliant album um i was just reminded talking about 28 gun bad boy there was um you know how a few years ago it was the 30th anniversary of rage the club or maybe it was last yeah, year yeah. they did um they did a video for it and i think goldie talks um about he said he was talking to you and he said that 28 gun bad boy was like an anthem at this club and apparently you didn't believe it do you remember that, or right. that... yeah 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 i remember remember because i was um because like 28 gun bad boy basically was i think i started 
like um, in maybe like 91, I was released, I started releasing that stuff. And yeah, so it, it became like, you know, I would release a new EP every month, you know, and like, so some of that stuff would get onto the pirates radios and then into, into the clubs fired. And I, I was in Manchester. I mean, I would literally, I would come down to, everything was really regional, you know, and we didn't really have internet. So, you know, I would get um, basically little bits of what was happening <coughs> just from my distributor. So like, I think one day, like somehow Goldie got my distributor's number and like it, somehow they gave him my number and he called me when I was in Manchester and said, like, you know, like, you know, how come you don't know your stuff is, like, kicking off? Like, you know, but I was like, you know, I'm in Manchester and, like, it was different. In Manchester, it was very hard, you know, it was to play, have somewhere where that audience could kind of hang out at that time because there was a lot of... Um, killings and stuff going on like just in like funk and soul clubs or if you up the tempo with like some drum and bass maybe there would have been so i mean like and it was uh, there was one or two parties i can remember there was one party Ju uh, Ju juicy street and there was like a, just a line of, of police fans down the road there was no trouble but it was just two different factions from manchester and like they basically did just had this police kind of waiting just in case it looked like you know, and like basically, all they were doing was enjoying the uh, jungle jam, but like all these police kind of had to be there just so they could do it. So it wasn't a real regular thing in Manchester. So yeah, he, when he says to me, "Come down to to London and check it out," you know, I was I was I was just blown away. Like you know, like I, I, I think I remember the first time, like it was him and Randall. He, he basically, he, he was like um, kind of rolling around with Randall, like um, to different venues. And it was like on a, on a, I think it was on a Friday or a Saturday. And like, you know, we was just going from jam to jam to jam. And I was like, I couldn't believe how many parties there were, you know, in, in London. I was like, you know, like, you know, there's this party here and that party. And, you know, and like, it was just like, and everything was bobbling, you know what I mean? It was just like, oh. And then you turn the radio on and it would tell you like what was going to be happening in the next like two weeks or whatever. And you're like, you know, it was, it was just like a microcosm. There was nothing, I mean, there was nothing outside of that that you would need. It was all happening in, in that, you know, like just like little culture plate of, of jungle and like, you know, like a bit of like rave, whatever, but like it was, you, you, you didn't really need to go outside of that. It was, it was basically, helping itself it was just it was like cycling in, in within its own environment you know i mean like no one outside of that knew what was or had to know you know i mean it was nothing to do with i mean i'd already been to, to like america and to chicago and detroit and places like this and i'd never seen anything like what was happening in my own backyard you know it was just like totally like it was self-sufficient it was you know building it was growing you know it, i mean like these places were like absolutely jam-packed and pumped with people and the energy was you know like okay like it, it, in one 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 area you would have like house music and like you know it would be like in the kind of but like and you know everyone was on the kind of like this and like you know like maybe you know people you know they were on something or whatever well, like this was on another level. This was like kind of people jumping up and that was shocking out. It, it reminded me of kind of like kind of mid eighties break dancing in, in, you know, like when, you know, it was, it had that energy to it, you know, and you know, that was, it was just in like this little kind of cycle, you know, this circle and like, you know, bits of it would probably break off and you would end up maybe outside of London, maybe in Birmingham or like um, Coventry and like, you know, you, they tried to do stuff, as I said, in Manchester, but it was not happening. But like, yeah, down here, it was, it was unbelievable. I was, I, you know, I was like, wow, I couldn't believe like, you know, what it was. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, he, Goldie introduced me into that, that system, basically. Um, 
I'm really interested to know as well as someone who absolutely loves spending time in the studio, but you also play uh, a lot live. How how's the pandemic been for you? Um, a bit weird, you know. Um, I mean, because you, obviously you can't play out anywhere, so you know what I mean. There's just like um, times where I've had to do kind of like streaming things, just like you know, just to mm. kind of try and sharpen the way that things things are. And it's just it's. Uh, yeah, it's like, you know, they say, oh, it's never going to go back to what it was. And, you know, I'm, no, it's, it's just there's some things about it that are, I'm, I'm confused about still, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I do like to dabble into the, the science of how things actually work. <laughs> and, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's like, um, I, I mean, I'm not quite sure to how it would actually go back to, to normal. Because, like, you know, the the sit down, you know, you've got to go to somewhere and you have to sit down, and like, in, like if you're in a pub kind of thing. So, you know what I mean? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, how the hell does, you know, how would you do that? Like a, a, a live, live kind of bar, <laughs> live bar music. <laughs> well, I went, I went to an event last summer. It was... Um, it was meant to be like really ambient and, uh, you know, basically they, they put on this event. It was like, you know, a DJ, a couple of DJs playing and they, you know, it's meant to be ambient. Everyone's sitting down and watching this, the sun, you know, yeah. slowly. And as soon as there was anything even close to a beat, everyone just went absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it was Crazy. always like, great, you know. Yeah. It's bound, it's bound to happen. I, I mean, like, I, I kind of did, I did something the, uh, the other day around, around this, in this area and, it was the same thing where, you know, they actually had their hired bouncers to tell people to sit down, you know, and it's like, God, you know, like, and then, like, I'm trying to keep it, like, really, you know, smooth, and then there's people going, turn it up! <laughs> and you're like, so you, you kind of turn it up a bit, and then they're like, you know, like, a bit, turn you, know, it down. you know, they want it a bit faster, and, like, you know, you know, who am I to, like, you know, stop people from, you know, like, in, enjoying themselves, so I slowly started to turn the the, the steam up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, by the end of it, like everyone's up on like you know the, the. I think there was only like two bounces or something. In, like they they're trying to keep everyone down, but like by the end, it was like okay, it's gonna. We're at the end anyway, so we just kind of blasted it. So I just kind of went really hard, and like everyone was like, oh, at least we got this. You know what I mean? Everyone was up on their tables. And, yeah, 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 yeah. The security guard and all in the end was like, "Yeah, fuck it, <laughs> I've been enjoying it." <laughs> that that reminds me, actually, there was something I wanted to to ask you about, which is I don't know. If there's a video that's surfaced recently of you playing um, playing Voodoo Ray in a swimming pool in Manchester in something like 1989, and yeah. um, it pans like it's you, you you playing live, and you can see it's a swimming pool, and then it pans back, and there's loads of people like actually swimming. What yeah. the hell is going on there? Yeah, it was like I think like in yeah, it was yeah Victoria Baths, Manchester. Um, it was yeah, I think like crazy times. Anything kind of not uh, yeah, kind of anything goes in the early early days. And you know, someone like it was like Tony Wilson, Anthony H. Christ, <laughs> who basically. Uh, who put that on and like yeah you know anything he did just basically it just turned to gold you know like whatever you know and he did he had like an amazing kind of energy you know like that you know I remember just even like when he was doing like his TV presenting things you know he would look at things from a different angle and you know make it you know like wow you know this is so you know he, he made that kind of happen you know what I mean in you know, I used to go to that swimming bath when I was like a kid, you know, and to actually be there, like, you know, half of me was like, wow, I'm I'm, I'm at Victoria Baths, like doing like my thing that I used to do, like, like, it was like in my bedroom kind of thing, and I'm doing it like at this thing. And not only that, it's all these people like at this water rave, you know, at the time it had not been, you know, known, you know, everything was new. You know, I mean, I wasn't even sure where 
like I was going to be playing, you know. So, and like at the time, like um, I didn't really have plugs on my equipment. <laughs> like maybe I had like one plug that would serve for like maybe like two or three drum machine type things. And I would basically plug raw wires into the socket. So <laughs> like, I had to be really careful about like like the the liquid type stuff that happens at swimming baths. <laughs> it was like it was really weird. It was like oh shit, you know, like something could could like break. we could have had like a, a firework display by the end. <laughs> but yeah, it 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 was like really it was really cool. It was like uh, I remember. Basically, I mean, like the cameras only showed like uh, like one little bit, but like I just remember like being the crazy jab, you know, like the whole thing was was like you know everyone's excited about what was going on and like you know, yeah, it was nice. It was a nice um, it's a nice memory, and to actually have that as um, because at the time there wasn't so many people videotaping things. So that to have that special memory like taped is really nice, you know. That's one of the one of the things that I'm I'm kind of happy that you know happy that happened in a way. And like you know, it's crazy though when you think about it, like how how things have changed. You know, like like everything now is like photographed and videoed. So you know, like so it's weird because like people's perceptions of like things from the past like kind of is basically based on like just like these small speckles of when things were filmed or you know and there was all this other stuff in between that I suppose has to be written about but it's it's but people now because you've got such a strong visual kind of relationship with with history or whatever like the stuff that that you is just written about it's hard to it's actually going to have to be recreated visually. Yeah, because it's 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 um, it's really hard to, you know, it's one of the things that I'm I'm kind of hoping people start to do is like you know bring out like the old photographs and you know re you know recreate like you know in a way Trip City is is part of this. You know, I mean it is a, a big part of it because a lot of things were written. It was fictional, but there was parts of it that you know. Were, were based on reality, so you know, you know, you, you know, some at some point there needs to be like a visual representation of of, of the book. You know, I think they're going to have to, you know, because there's a lot of things that I, I, I think to myself, wow, you know, if that if only we had like a, a video camera or something at the time, or you know, even taking photographs was. A kind of an event because you had to take it and then you had to wait like maybe at least a week to, for it to come back from the, the development place and then even then you were lucky if like half of the 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 films were exposed you know so you would get like you know little little clips of of what actually happened on the night or whatever if, if that it was really weird like to have photographs of things, you know, like, and like now that concept, it's like, you know, you know, you used to say, say to someone, especially a millennial that, you know, we didn't really take so many photographs. They'd be like, what were you doing? How come you didn't, <laughs> you didn't exist? Uh. Look, it's been, it's been really lovely speaking to you. Um, I've taken um, a lot of time. Um, I just want to ask like a couple more things, if I may. I don't know yeah, if you've got yeah. a rush off. I mean, for, firstly, going back to Trip City, like, where do you see it in your kind of catalogue of music? Does it have like a specific place for you? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's um, kind of, it's post like the, the kind of um, acid thing in a way, you know, because I was kind of focusing on that a lot. And it's just post that where I, I kind of wanted to experiment more with like synths, and I was, it was pre-sampler. So I, I kind of wanted, you know, it was like where I was kind of, you know, like, it was like that period of time where I'm trying to experiment 
with like what what I had there, you know what I mean? It was like, how can I, you know, now change this? You know, how can I morph this just from like, just being just like 303 and, and 808, you know what I mean? And 909, how can, you know, like move more towards a song? So it was, it was pretty like um, automatic. It was like in a, it was a little period in between automatic and, and like um, the, the old school acid things where uh, I was kind of edging out of like just, just like the the sequenced like um sync sequenced like um drum machine baseline thing you know what I mean I wanted I wanted more to, to add more elements um I wanted, wanted to had like strings to things you know builds and and stuff like that. so it was it's was, it was that it was that um pre automatic post like acid for me. You know, it was that, that little little pocket of time where I actually had access to a, a a studio, you know, that was like I could record like sixteen tracks <laughs> at a time and treat things with like you know I had a bank of outboard like um, gear so I could like experiment more with like the spatial awareness of, of you know so it, it's a nice it was a, a nice school it was. It was a exercise of where things were were going to, you know. I can, I can like what in in the anthology. It was it was stepping out of the the just the sequence, like like the acid sequence, and moving more into something that was kind of like a mutant techno for me. You know, it was like you know being able to use strings and like um. Early, early sampler type stuff. You know what I mean? Helps, and um, yeah, like a bit, little bit of vocally type things in there because I had to have like the content from the the um, the book kind of like kind of floating in and out of the, the the musical system of what it was. So yeah, it was nice. It was a it was a nice kind of stepping offshore into into like another reality in a way you know, yeah it, it was that's a, that i mean like yeah when i do like the kind of like what i would call an autobiography that will be like the yeah definitely like the second second phase uh, the last thing i want to ask is what, what what's next for you you're always moving forward what 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 have we got yeah, um basically i mean like I've had to kind of re kind of look at like, and when I, I kind of say it like laughingly in a way, like, like bar live, you know, but like, you know, like I'm, and look at, well, I'm wanting to do like something like sonically, but with visuals, like an exhibition type thing. You mm -hmm. know, and like, but like, but not, not taking it. So it's like totally artsy away from dance, but like, like loosely using like uh, sonics to create some kind of visuals um, and having that, you know, like somewhere like where it's demonstrated because right at the back of my head has always been like, I want there to be a, a strong representation of the visual, but um, I mean of the sonics, but like visually. So, you know, like where the way I see stuff when I'm trying to, space stuff out in the stereo field. It would be really nice to have something that could bring that into a visual world. You know, like I'm not sure exactly yet how it would be, how that would be. I mean, I know of um, uh, a way of using speakers and lasers to create something, but like um, for now each, each, um, vibration within like say I had 24 channels each vibration if it had its own speaker uh, I could like and I could create like a laser system a laser with that that would go along with the speaker and like um, project it all into a, an area it would create like um, a sound a light field from the sound 
which yeah. would, I'm not sure if it. I'm, I'm not. I've not actually had a chance to do it properly. So, but like something like that, I think could be, you know, something that could happen at the tape, I guess, or something like that. I mean, I'm just saying. That. Bring it out <laughs> I there. Wish. Yeah, <laughs> I wish, but yeah, but like, so it would be techno experimental, but like, you know, you'd be able to see like what what was happening with like each sound. You know, that there would be a, a, I'm saying a laser or a projector basically, but there would be a representation for each each sound within a stereo field or within a field. And you would be able to see where it was, you know, and like, you know, and the, the sound basically would have, yeah, you would have like this, whatever color or shape or both like representation within this field. I mean, like, that's where I would like to go, especially if everyone just has to sit down. You know, if you've, if you've got them, like, if you've got them prisoner anyway, you might as well, you know, try and take them down the rabbit hole. <laughs> RPS, powered by Seth.